You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, thank you for joining me for episode 270 of the Blended Family Podcast. And today is your long-awaited show on cultural differences in the blended family. And so we'll get to that in just a minute. I just wanted to go over some announcements first. We had some great milestones this month. Uh, Sean's youngest just turned 18. So that's super exciting for us. I know 18 doesn't mean you're ever done, but it kind of just feels like a huge accomplishment. Uh, And we have one more, one more that's going to be 18 in October. But that little one, she had a milestone last week. She passed her driving test. And so we're feeling pretty excited in this house. We're getting some things done, getting these kids ready for life. Um, And that feels pretty great. Um, In other news, we were a little stressed out because I think I told you we have to move. And you know, being here for so many years, uh, for 13 years in a home, we have a lot of memories here. We have a lot of things. Um, and so I just feel a little bit overwhelmed by all of it. And of course, there's not there's not a lot of places to move here right now because the inventory is low. Uh, the, the demand is high right now and the supply is low in Florida because everyone is moving here. And so I'm going to try to do my best to stay really consistent over the summer for you. But depending on what is going on with the move will just depend on how well I do. Like today, I just went and picked up some boxes and, you know, just going to try to start cleaning out some things. It's a lot. It's a lot of years. And so um, I will try to not miss any shows. But if you see that there is, that's probably why. Um, Okay, last week, we spoke to JoLynn Armstrong and we talked about trauma. And so if you've ever experienced trauma, and I think we all have, you definitely want to check out that show. And she gave so many great tips on even just how to get yourself through difficult situations. So it's just a really good show to check out. And in this month of July coming, I have some great shows planned for you. You'll hear from a childless stepmom. There's going to be a show on post-COVID stress disorder and our kids, how to help them move forward after the year that they've had. It's actually pretty difficult for them right now trying to get acclimated in life again. You're also going to hear a solo show from me about your feelings and how to use them to help you and not stuff them down inside. And then last, we're going to have a show on the phenomenon called gray divorce, which is actually divorce after 50, which many of us don't think about. And we're going to talk about how that affects your adult children. And so there's lots of good stuff coming up in July. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Today's show is a request from a listener, Amanda, who lives in Russia. And she has a multicultural blended family. And she really wanted to know how to work around some common issues that affect families like hers. And I really wanted to do some research on this too because, well, I don't have personal experience in this. I have a blended family. I don't have a multicultural family. And so today I'm going to break down what it looks like to have a multicultural family. I'm going to share some common issues that those families face on a regular basis. 
And I'm also gonna share some useful tips to make the most out of your multicultural blended family. But I do need to say this first. If you're listening and you're thinking, gosh, this show doesn't, my family doesn't fit the description, it's not gonna be useful. Well, I encourage you to listen anyway. And I say that because blended families in themselves are very similar to multicultural families, aren't they? Anytime you take two families and you smash them together, there's gonna be major differences. So sure, you may not have a language barrier, but there's going to be other things that are different and that you're gonna have to work out. Even if two families have the same religion, they're still gonna have different traditions based on where they're from and the way they were raised and what parents they had. So I really invite everyone to listen today. Listen even if you don't have a multicultural family because I hope that you still might pick up some things that you can still apply to your own family. So sit tight and I will be right back after a word from our sponsor and we'll get right into the show. Living the Good Life Naturally is a self-care company focusing on magnesium. Statistics show that up to 50% of the U.S. population is magnesium deficient, which can cause a multitude of health issues including headaches, muscle cramps, seizures, hair loss, and more. Kristen Bowen, founder, created the company out of her own personal health struggles, so she really cares, and she has a mission to help others achieve optimal health. I myself am a huge believer in these products, and I use them on a daily basis. It's been especially helpful for my anxiety and my pain. Try the magnesium soak, the magnesium spray, or the delectable bath bombs for an extra treat. And check out the website to see the entire product line and learn more at livingthegoodlifenaturally.com. Or you can go back and listen to episode number 237 when Kristen was on this show. Don't forget to use my promo code BLENDED to receive a special discount. Order today and get your health back. All right, I'm back. So why is there an uptick in multicultural families right now? Well, previously, people were limited to their own towns, right? You grew up in a town, you met somebody at school, you married them, you kind of stayed in the same town. In fact, my husband's brother still lives in the town that they grew up in. But now in present times, things are really rapidly changing and they're different. We have online dating, people are traveling more, they have more opportunities to meet people elsewhere. Also, a lot of people are traveling for work and so they meet people elsewhere during work trips. And then a lot of people are even working abroad now. People are nomads. They're putting their stuff in storage. And I mean, maybe not a lot of parents are doing that, right? But if you decide to do that and then you move to another place, single, and then you meet somebody, well, there you go. You fall in love and now you have decisions to make because now you're gonna have a multicultural blended family and you have a lot of things to decide. We'll get to that in a moment. I really tried to find some clear current statistics for you, but the only thing that I could find on statistics of a multicultural blended family was from like, I think the year 2000. So 20 years ago, I wasn't gonna cut it. I couldn't find anything current, Uh, but we know the numbers are going up, right? Because the divorce rate is going up and the world is continuing to evolve. And even if we talk about what just happened with COVID, people, are moving from their area in many cases because they decided um, maybe 
where they lived wasn't right for them. Maybe they didn't like the government. They didn't like, you know, their neighbors, whatever happened. People stayed home more and they realized the things that they didn't like. And so a lot of people are moving. And so you're going to see a lot of this happening. According to Bilingual Kidspot, there are actually two ways in which families become multicultural there's internally and externally so internally is through intermarriage partnership or adoption and externally is through relocation by moving from one culture to another like i was just talking about but there are three types of multicultural families there's interracial family that's just a form of family that involves members who belong to different races or ethnicities we see that all over the place then we have third culture kids. That's an expression used to refer to people raised in a culture other than the one of their parents. So these people are often called a multicultural individual. And then you have an intercultural family. So this is gonna be a couple involving many cultures and backgrounds. They're, the parents may have moved multiple times to distinct cultures, cultures, I'm sorry, or experience various cultures even growing up with their own parents. So let's talk about some serious issues that need to be addressed, right? Because some things in a, in a perfect world, you'd address all these things before becoming blended, uh, but we don't live in a perfect world. And a lot of times we don't think about this. So I will say this, um, if you are at the beginning stages, these are some things that you really want to hash out now before you decide to move in together. Um, and they're just some major things. So you, you won't be able to move in together anyway until you work out some of these details, which is place of residence, right? Which country, what town, what area you're gonna decide to live in. That's one of the biggest ideas. What's the main language spoken, right? What language do you guys wanna speak and what language do you want your kids to be speaking? That's a big deal too, right? Because we have to think not only what's best for us, what's best for our kids. Uh, parenting and child rearing options, that looks so different across cultures, right? We know America is very different from, let's say, I don't know, other countries like China in the way that they um, value education. And uh, I don't know, America is very lax right now. That's that's what I see. There's just, it's just a very lax culture. And so, um, and I'm not picking on America, I'm, I'm American. I'm just saying the things that I see, especially in the work that I do, the differences. And so that's gonna matter to you. If you're raising kids, it matters, you know, is there a value placed on education where you're going? Is that important to you? Um, what is important to you as a couple? Okay, and, and parenting is, is a big thing. Um, what religion that you're going to follow, and we're gonna talk more about that in a little bit, and what about work, what about career? And for many people, this doesn't matter anymore because so many people are now working from home after COVID, and I don't know how many people things are gonna to return to normal for. There's a lot of businesses that realized after this time that they don't need a brick and mortar. They don't need a big office building that they have overhead that they they manage to find this way, doing these meetings and things. So, um, but but that does matter. You do have to think about that. Now, some of these are really difficult decisions, and I can't make those decisions for you, and neither can anybody else. You guys need to have these discussions together. You got to look at the pros and cons. What's best for all of you? What's financially best? What's best for the kids? There's so much more that goes into this. So when you make decisions on these, you need to be thinking about your history, 
in these previous locations, right? Did you like where you grew up? The family that's left in those locations, extended family and friends, is that important to you? Do you want to stay close to them? You should also explore the culture in each option because you really wanna determine how comfortable you'd be living in it. We don't wanna live in a culture that we don't feel ourselves in. And so you need to look at that, but mainly look at it from a financial perspective, right? Because location does determine career and salary. And even though some people are working from home, sometimes you do take a pay cut moving to another country or raise just depending. So you do need to look at that. Now, a lot of people that are listening, like I said, are already past the point of deciding these. You've already decided them. You're already living together multiculturally. You're blended. And you're just looking for ways to make the current situation better, which is as in the case of my listener who sent in the question. And so I'm going to break down some of the major barriers that you're going to face while you're blending so that you can look for solutions. And also it just really helps for me to point these out to you so that if you're having some difficulties in those areas, you know that it's normal. There's nothing wrong with your blended family. Okay. And again, traditional blended families can also benefit from some of this. So I hope that you're still listening, even if you don't have a multicultural family. The first one that I'm going to talk about is probably the most important. Uh, The biggest barrier is language. It's the most common issue in multicultural families is that you're not always going to speak the same language. And this can cause a lot of problems in a family. Just, Just think about it. We all know how uncomfortable we feel if we're sitting and there's a bunch of people speaking another language next to us and laughing and joking around and we don't know what they're saying right? That part of us is like, are they talking about us? I don't know. It's uncomfortable. And so my advice, and I know that it's difficult to work around this all of the time, but my advice is that if there is a common language that everybody knows in the home, that should be the main language that's used most often, if possible, right? So if you are, you know, let's say you're bio parent and you're just home with your bio kids, well then, and nobody else is around, then speak whatever language that is comfortable for you guys. But if the other half of your family comes home, it's only right to try to communicate where you can all kind of understand. Um, Otherwise, you just create more division in your family. Um, I know you can't always avoid it. Just try to be considerate. Try just to be considerate. And then the one um, thing that I would say is at the dinner table, this is a place that I really, uh, you don't want to speak two different languages at the dinner table if you can help it, um, unless it's culture night. And we'll talk about that more in a couple of minutes. Also, it's really important to try to learn some of the other language. So what can you do there? You can make things a game. You can have word of the week. That could be a fun way to incorporate learning into family life. See how many times, pick a word, right, of the language, and then see how many times they can use the word correctly in the week. Both ways. You can do back and forth. You can do both languages, but you just make it fun to learn another language. You can play games with this. You can make it a family competition. Whatever you want to do, you can get creative, but make there be a way to help one another learn the other language to make things easier for you all. 
I also heard really good things about Duolingo. I They're not a sponsor. I haven't used them, but I have a friend who uses them and likes them. But there are obviously so many different language apps and programs that you can get. So it's always a great idea to just try to make the effort to learn the other language when you can. Uh, I know that this is a really big issue that you have to work around. You just do your best and give it time and patience. It's really hard to learn new languages, especially later in life. I, I'm sure you'll find that the kids are sponges and they pick it up really quick. Um, and so that's another tip for you, right? If you have young kids, try to get them on those language learning apps right away or games or whatever you can find because they will learn quicker than you will. Um, and then hey, they'll probably teach you too. Okay, next, input from friends and family, right? Pressure from others, unsolicited advice, ultimatums, right? A family member says, well, if you move there, I'm not gonna talk to you again. Who knows what you're getting? And I know that it's really, really hard and most people act that way because they don't, they don't want you to leave or they just don't understand your lifestyle or why you made the choices you made. But at the end of the day, it's none of anybody's business but yours. You're in your relationship, you're raising your kids and you have to do what's right for your family. You don't have to be rude, but if somebody gives you advice and you don't like it, you can you can just be polite, you can thank them and just remind them that you're in a really difficult position and that you could really use their support instead of their criticism um, and you know, see if that helps. And last, like I always say, it's really none of our business what other people think of us and so I always like to remind you guys of that. Okay, next is food. This is one of the biggest issues in traditional blended families um, because you know, people like what they're used to. So when you take two families and you put them together and then you expect an entirely new menu to appease the kids, um, you get upset. And, and I hate to say it, it's mostly us women, right? We have a problem with this, us moms, us stepmoms. When the kids don't like our food, we take that personal. It hurts our feelings. But just think about it this way. You don't like all the food that you eat. Haven't you gone out to somebody's house and not liked the food or gone to a restaurant and you didn't like the food? It's okay, right? You're not mad at the chef who cooked it. Not everybody's going to like everything. But kids do tend to generally like what they're exposed to more. So you can keep exposing them to things because if you try to give them peas, one night and they don't eat it and you just think, oh, my kid just doesn't like peas and then you never give it to them again, you're taking away the opportunity. Continue to, to put it on their plate. Usually sometimes it's after the seventh or eighth try that they will turn around and like it. But here's another idea with food, okay, is um, especially when we're trying to get used to food that's very different. and. And this is all blended families, really. But with the, with the multicultural thing, it's even more different because it's different cultural food, right? So if you're from, let's say, Italian family, and all of a sudden, every you, you know, you, you have a blended family with a Spanish family now, and they're cooking Spanish food, well, that's very different from Italian food. And so some people aren't going to get used to that. And not everybody has a very expansive, diverse diet. A lot of homes just make the same kind of things on rotation, just depending. And so a good thing to do is a culture night. You get to make a special 
cultural dish from your culture. You could do this one night a week and you can switch on and off from fam you know each side of the family. And you can make it really fun because you can choose the meal together. You can go shopping for it together. You can take the time to educate the kids on on the traditional dish. Where does it come from? Right, and you can even make it more fun by decorating and putting on some special cultural music to go with it. You can make it a whole themed night thing. It'll be really fun. You can make it very creative. And what it'll do is it'll help expose the kids um, and even the other adult because they're sometimes picky too uh, to some different different options. Uh, so my only tip with this is to really keep it fun and light. So we don't want to turn it into you know, we're going to force you to eat this food now because then what's going to happen is they're going to get resentful and they're not going to want to have this fun night if they think that every time they're going to be forced to eat a whole meal of food that they don't want. So we're not going to make this about eating the food. We're making it more about experiencing the food together and what goes with it culturally. So you you want to ask them to to at least try the food, right? Everybody has to try at least one bite but if you don't like it you don't have to finish it we're not going to force you to finish it right we want it to be more about the experience of the food than the eating of the food so that they warm up to it and you can make that really fun and just so you know it's just normal right like we've been blended for 14 years and I think over the years I have maybe one meal that I could make that all seven people in my family would actually like and for us it was I think it was it's pasta right when I make my meat sauce but there's there's so many other meals that only half of the family likes and we had to learn to work around that and it doesn't mean cooking many many meals we've done that too because remember we have grandma that lives here and she will do that um, whether we like it or not right and so we that's that's something we're past now but back in the day she would do that I don't think that you should do that if you can help it make the one meal if they don't like it they don't have to eat it they can choose something else that they can prepare themselves maybe a peanut butter and jelly or some leftovers that they have but you're not going to go in the kitchen now and make another whole meal that they like if they don't like it so that's just some tips with food and I hope I hope that that is helpful um Okay, let's talk about the next thing, parental differences. You're always going to have this, but in multicultural families, it can be very noticeable, um, depending. I don't know if you remember when we had Rosa Garcia on the show a couple months ago, and she talked about this a little bit because she's Mexican, um, and she felt that the Mexican culture is really different than American culture when it comes to raising kids and she's right and she sees the difference and so um, like I said I can probably be correct to say that America has a very lax parenting style compared to other parts of the world um, and this is going to be really hard to handle as a couple and so um, the, what I would tell you to do though is you need to handle this just like you would any other blended family um, you're going to have to come to a compromise because regular blended families deal with this too because we have different ways of parenting um, and so you just need to figure out what's really important to you as a couple and what's not important when it comes to parenting but be open-minded because it's really good sometimes to learn how other cultures do things because sometimes we can really learn a lot even if we don't 
adopt their methods completely, we could still learn things that they do um, that we like, that we can add in, right? Like my my families, like old Italians, they had ways of doing things that they passed down among the generations, right? For if a baby is gassy, um, make this special tea. And there's just different things that each culture has that they pass down. And so it's really, really beautiful and we don't wanna shut off to that. Um, we actually can merge those together and really have um, a beautiful family that knows what it wants, especially when it comes to decisions with the kids. And so hopefully you've had some of these discussions about discipline and structure and you can come to some sort of compromise that works for everyone. But it really needs to be discussed um, and it's only natural that if you're raised in entirely different ways, you're going to have entirely different ways of parenting. And this is all okay, but we don't want to confuse the kids by each of us having such a different way because they don't know who to listen to sometimes and that could be really confusing. So you want to come together and, and have your plan and then take that to the kids so that there is some consistency and stability and they know what to expect. Okay, next. Personality differences, attitudes and beliefs from culture to culture can be drastically different depending on what part of the world you're from. And that may or may not be an issue for your family, but I'll give you some examples. So for instance, a multiracial family is not gonna wanna live in a place where that's frowned upon. Or a parent used to the value of education in one area might not want to be in a place where there's no value placed on education. And this can vary even in one country, right? Because like where I live in America, I've told you this, every state can be different in the way they do things. So if you're living in a place and you don't feel like your family fits in with the mold, then ask yourself why and what you can do about it. But I also encourage you to get more involved in your own community and get out and meet some people and learn more about their culture. Because sometimes when we just don't understand something, we just think we don't like it. But if we really try to learn more, sometimes we can really expand our mind. You might learn more about the area and the people there. And you know, most of all though, your example of doing this is gonna help your kids too because they might be seeking a way to fit in if they're not from there. So before deciding if a culture isn't for you, try immersing yourself in it as much as you can first. But always understand that different areas are gonna have different personalities and different belief systems and that's okay, right? But you need to find where you fit in um, and your family fits in. Okay, education, again, this looks very different depending on where you are. Uh, but we do have some control over this depending on where you're at in the world. Sometimes we get to choose a school. Sometimes we get to choose if we want to homeschool. There's lots of changes in the educational system now because of everything with COVID. And I imagine coming out of COVID, um, there might be some different things that have changed and they might be permanent changes or temporary. We really don't know yet. Um, but education is definitely valued more in some countries than others. And so again, this is a conversation that you need to have and talk about what it means to your family. And I kind of think all parents need to get a little more involved in this 
um, because we've allowed and trusted schools to educate our kids. And we're learning now that it's not really a consistent education from place to place. Right? Even for me, I grew up in New York and I would say that I had a really great education system. And then I moved here and I raised my kids here and it's so different. It's not nearly as good. Um, it's just completely, completely different. And so, and that's just here in America. And that's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter from place to place, it's all going to be different. And so you need to decide and you need to know. And if you don't like where you're at and you don't like the school system where you're at, um, you can do homeschool. And there's also other things going on now too. They have pod systems and just other learning modalities that you can get involved in if you're not happy with what's going on. Okay, and then uh, I also need to talk about religion. Religion, this is a hard one, um, and nobody's asking anybody to change religions here. When we when we get into a multicultural family, we shouldn't be telling somebody to just let go of their own religion. It's kind of what happened to me. Um, not I shouldn't say me, but my parents. So my mom was Catholic, and my dad was Jewish. And they weren't, back then, that was really frowned upon, you guys. It was like, that was it. And my mom wasn't allowed to marry my dad unless she agreed that we were going to be raised completely Catholic. And so we were. But I, you know, and I was fine with it. But now as an adult, I think, why didn't they just show me both? Why didn't, you know... Um, and my dad didn't really seem to care because he wasn't a very religious person, and maybe that's why. But I think that if you do have two religions, it's really not a bad idea to teach kids both. You know, when they get to a certain age, they can decide where their heart pulls them. You know, that happens anyway. I pulled away young out of Catholicism, and I went to spirituality. It didn't really matter what my parents did. But my point is, as parents, we should show kids what options are and let them decide when they get to a certain age with religion, but don't don't shelter them from it. Um, if you both have a religion that you love and that you're attached to, then you can teach them, you know? And holidays and traditions really kind of go with this category because there are a lot of holidays and traditions go with religion. They're attached to religious beliefs for many of us. So, so why not do both, right? Why not have all of the holidays. What a gift in celebrating all of your holidays together and teaching one another about it. And don't you think the kids would love it? I mean, just in a blended family, I, I know for, for us, we celebrate Christmas and my kids loved when we became blended because then they had two Christmases, right? And so this is the same kind of concept let them, let them celebrate, let them have more, have a multicultural calendar, a calendar that you share that shows all of the holidays. You know, this is such a good chance to educate the kids on other cultures and beliefs and where they come from. This is one of the topics that all blended families face, right? Even if two families come together that are Christian and they celebrate Christmas, they still have their own ways that they celebrate Christmas, right? Do they open the gifts? And at night on Christmas Eve or in the morning and you know all the different things that people do that they put into their own holidays so this is a time to come together share traditions mesh them together or you can create entirely new traditions too you get to decide 
the way you want to build your blended family. It doesn't matter what other people think. You get to decide what you want it to look like. And that's what the kids are going to remember when they grow up. They're going to remember the fun holidays, the fun traditions, the fun things that, that they were taught that they got to have an expanded view that some of their friends maybe didn't get to have. Okay, next, awkward stares, judgment, and prejudice from others. This is, again, normal. And I will say, I'm not making excuses for anybody because I don't think that people should should ever do that. But in most cases, I really do believe that it's more due to their own curiosity than anything else. They're not trying to be rude by staring. They're trying to figure you out. People like to put people in boxes and labels and categories. So if they're looking at a family that doesn't look like the norm, um, they're going to try and figure it out. And it's rude to stare, uh, but sometimes people are rude. And so I'd like to tell you not to take it personally because it really doesn't matter what they think, but your kids are going to experience this also. And so really good modeling here is important. So a good reaction from you when you encounter something like this shows them not to sweat it. But if someone's outright judging you, you also need to know the bigger problem has nothing to do with you. It's completely within them and whatever blocks they have in themselves. So it still really doesn't matter. It's none of their business to know. There are so many more multicultural families that are forming right now so i don't think that this is going to be an issue moving forward i really think that this is going to dissipate a lot over the next decade because there's so much more inclusivity now um, but that is an issue that many of you face uh, and last staying connected to relatives you know if a move has pulled you or your kids away from family and loved ones this actually creates trauma Right, and you think trauma. Well, go back and listen to JoLynn Armstrong last week when she talked about trauma because we think trauma is some major occurrence in our life that knocks us off our feet, but it's actually not. So go back and listen to how she defines trauma. But a move definitely could be defined as trauma, especially if you're moving to another country. But luckily, this day and age, we have so much technology to stay connected to people. So there's really we don't need to be upset anymore. I know that we can't physically maybe touch and hug the person and that's difficult, but we have FaceTime, we have Zoom, we have Skype, we have, you know, all this social media and we have things that we can really stay connected. Um, the most important thing is to make sure your kids stay connected because they're not going to remember to do it. So it's us parents that need to schedule it in. We need to help them do this. And so, and weekly Zoom calls are really fun for families and sending old school letters in the mail or small little gifts is also fun too, especially for the kids. And so that is my show today. Those are what I think to be the major obstacles for multicultural blended families. If you can think of any that I left out, maybe you are a multicultural family and you think that I forgot to talk about something, just send me feedback, Melissa at Blended Family Podcast. Dot com. I'd love to hear it. Or you can even just write to me and share with us how your multicultural family makes it work. Maybe you have um, some different tips for us. I hope today's show was helpful. Uh, I hope that you can learn to look at your family like the blessing it is. Instead of thinking how restrictive it can feel, I want you to think of how expansive it can actually be. Think of all of the ways that your blended family can grow together and can expand being multicultural. 
it can be a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I want you to look at it that way. Okay, so feedback questions can be sent to me. Uh, thank you for listening. Join me next week for another show. I love you guys so much. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.